This is Blake Seven in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by Five to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. Hello, and welcome to episode 29. I'm Secretary Moore, and joining me as ever is Senator Marchant. Yes, hello, Secretary Moore. Secretary... Secretary. I'm, I'm secretary, secretary to your senator, okay, right, so yes. you're the boss man today. Yeah, that's how it should be. <laughs> the natural right. order of things. Yes. Now, last week, we we uh, before we got into the uh, story, we were saying about how we've changed sound recording sites to this uh, new one, and we had a bit of a problem last week, didn't we, with audio drift. Yeah, a, uh, I mean, that sounds like a really good car movie, doesn't it? audio drift <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah this it i to say a problem i think you're understating it a bit but yeah. yeah i've listened back i mean by the time this is transmitted you know last week's episode will be out and uh but it hasn't yet and i've listened to it and at the top of it we said about hopefully this recording came out all right and it didn't and it took like three hours work to actually get rid of all the audio drift ian and i have actually done a test of this new um setup and uh, it seemed to go all right, but that was only like a five-minute test call, wasn't it? Yeah, we we did a test, so it seems to be working, mm. but time will tell. I feel uh, very much like um, that we're trying to deal with Aurak, Slave, and Zen at the same time in the dark. I I think I prefer to think of ourselves as like pioneers of the space race. Yeah. you know, you're like Chuck Yeager. We're trying to get through the sound barrier, but it's not a sound barrier. Well, it is a sound barrier. The it sound is, barrier yeah. being the problem with podcasting. Yeah, it's definitely a sound barrier. I, I like that you 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 compare uh, me sat here on the stool trying to get software working with Chuck Yeager. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but yeah, I'll I'll take it. You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. All right then. Um. Here we go. Um. What was I going to say? Yeah. Episode twenty nine. Um. Now, last week we were in season one. And it's usual now to be in season two, but we're talking Ron Tane, who straddles both seasons. So we're actually staying in the first season for a little bit, aren't we? We are, yeah. There's, an, there's a stranger in that he... Because in Blake 7, we don't get many recurring characters other than the you know the main people. Um, we don't get many recurring secondary, secondary characters. And when they do, they have been recast, haven't they? Like Ven mm. Glind and things like that. And Travis. But this is an unusual one. It's someone that, that made it to two episodes. Yeah, and I uh, hadn't realised as well, it's not just him. It, it's Burkle, Burkle as well. Yeah. Yeah. Senator Burkle. They are in both together. I wish and... I wish they'd have carried on as well. They could have been like the Laurel and Hardy of oh. the Federation. You beat me to it. Oh, I, oh, sorry. Yeah, watching it, and I saw them sat there, and, you yeah. know, Burkle is rather a, a, a wide man, and uh, Rontaine is rather a slim man, and I'm thinking, Blumenek, this is Blake Seven's Laurel and Hardy, physically, anyway. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I, they're, they're both really good characters, I think. I, I, I enjoy... I mean, as anyone that's listened to this podcast for any length of time will know, um, I I like 
season one, the political Blake Seven. Mm. Um, interesting on Facebook, there's been a lot of discussion recently um, on the various Blake Seven sites about what what Blake Seven is and what whether it's the political season one or the action season three or the cheap glitz of season four. But to me, Blake Seven is the political side. It's not. It's not uh, run about shooty bang bang space mm. opera. It's it's people and emotions and Machiavellian schemes mm. and things like that. That that's what Blake Seven is to me. And the, these two, well, especially the person we talk about today, sums this up brilliantly. Yeah, Machiavellian schemes. Uh, yeah. Certainly, you can um, tag Rontaine with that. Definitely, definitely. All right. So yeah, we're we're starting off in season one, and that seat locate destroy. Um, but I thought we'll hold off discussing, you know, the whole breaking into the base at the beginning um, until we do our robots special yep. episode. All right. This, the, the episode straddles so many of our episodes, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they, it we're we're getting most, crossovers yeah. now. We're at episode 29 and, and we're like cross-fertilizing our own episodes now, aren't we? We're touching on things that uh, we've already spoken yeah. about. Yeah. We, we might uh, we might be able to do our own Venn diagram of characters and where they cross over. Oh, that would be complicated. It would. All right. So, yeah, we're going to zip through um, and zip along to uh, the scene that's got Rontaine in it. And, um, yeah, this Seek, Locate, Destroy, it's, it's got an awful lot of firsts. It's the first time uh, we see that robot. It's the first time we see Travis. It's the first time we see Servalan. And also it's the first time our first ever look at Space Command. Yes, first is it the first time I think we see those wall panels? And oh yes, the wall who panels appear more as well. than many characters. Yeah. Yeah. Now this space command, when we see that shot, um, that 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 is like the flying donut, as some people call it. It's uh, it's not showing that FedStat two logo on it, but it's a very slow panning shot across to it as it turns very slowly, very very uh, two thousand and one. Yes, thought. a harsh light in as well, which I like. Hmm. Um, yeah, I. I wonder, because they mentioned, I was thinking when it first appeared, where is this? Is this in orbit around Earth? And they, they talk at the end of this little, the little scene about a safe trip back to Earth. Mm. But that, that could be that could be back down to Earth. Or that yeah, could it could be, be in orbit. Across. Yeah. I, so I wonder where this actually is. I imagine it's in orbit around Earth. Mm. Mm. At this time, yeah, Earth yeah. is is the centre of the Federation, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we go inside and... Already, we're mid mid sentence with our character Rontaine. He's actually halfway through a sentence, which is a uh, an unusual way of introducing a character that is halfway through talking. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I I love this episode. I think this is one of my favourite season one episodes, possibly one of my favourite ever episodes. Um, and it's got unusual, like you say, pans, slow pans, things like that. And it is it's quite an unusually directed episode um we're still at the point where it's screaming high budget or mm. <laughs> high budget okay budget it's the bbc after all yeah there's this is very filmic and i do like that where he, it's introduced like say midway through a sentence it yeah again little touches like that make it more believable and it, it fleshes out the world that it's in mm. and you're not thinking oh, oh they someone's just shouted uh, you know, action or something like that. It they feel like people because of it. Yeah. Now we're going to have the clip now of Rontaine, but I thought, um, as this is the only bit 
he's in in the whole story will have the whole scene of Rontaine. Um, because also, I, I can't think of any really good reason for cutting it. It's all terrific. It's all good, and it's all quite it's quite short again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But uh, boy, he makes an impact. Which is why the president has asked me to come here personally to express his own very grave concern over this matter. The destruction of the communication center has far-reaching political consequences. Controllers from some of the outer planets whose loyalty to the Federation is uh, delicately balanced have been openly critical of the administration's defense system. There are even one or two radical voices that speak of withdrawal from the Federation. My department has done all in its power to suppress information about Blake and his actions. There is a total blackout on all reports concerning him, but uh, still the stories get out. They spread by word of mouth, by whispers, by rumour. Each time the story is told, it is elaborated upon. Any damage to the Federation is attributed to Blake. The smallest incident is exaggerated out of all proportion until it becomes a major event. Blake is becoming a legend. His name is a rallying call for malcontents of all persuasions. He must be stopped. Gentlemen, I share the President's grave concern, and I am aware of the danger should Blake become a legend. But let us keep this matter in its correct perspective. It is true that Blake has command of a superb space vehicle, but he is just a man backed by a handful of criminals, and that is all. He is not invulnerable, nor is he superhuman. He is just a man who has been extremely lucky to evade capture so far. With respect, Supreme Commander, we are aware of the facts. They are simply that with all the resources that the Federation can call upon, this one vulnerable, lucky man is still free to cause havoc. You have some criticism of my handling of this matter, Secretary Rontaine? Not at all. I hoped merely to convey the concern shown by the president when he briefed me for this visit. It would be very helpful to all of us if we knew if you could indicate what action you will now be taking against me. Very well, Councillor Berkow. You may tell the president that I am appointing a space commander to take absolute control of this matter. He will be exclusively concerned to seek, locate, and destroy Blake. Oh, excellent, excellent. May we know the officer's name? Yes, you may. Space Commander Travis. I understood that Travis had been suspended from duty, pending an inquiry into the massacre of the civilians on the planet Oros. And I have satisfied myself that Travis acted correctly in this matter. The civilian deaths on Oros were unavoidable. Um, there are other incidents on his record, um, unfortunate incidents. He has caused the administration some political embarrassment in the past. Uh, in dealing with even minor insurrections, he has been uh, overzealous. Oh, don't be afraid of the word, Secretary. Ruthless. Committed. He does his duty as he sees it, and he sees it clearly. He has no time for the dirty grey areas of your politics. <laughs> I'm sure you're right, and of course the appointment is made on your judgment and uh, your responsibility. Responsibility is something I have never evaded, Secretary. Ah, may I then tell the President that you are confident that the Blake problem will be solved soon? You may tell him to prepare a statement announcing that Blake 
has been eliminated. Thank you for your reassurances, Supreme Commander. Goodbye. A safe journey back to Earth. So, yeah, it's like you say, it's the first appearance of this, like, white office with the triangles, this command room um, of Serverlands. And um, there's Serverlan, who looks, oh boy, she looks very young, I thought, old Jacqueline. She does, I think, I mean, she looks beautiful. She's in a good outfit, but also, I lo- I love the the way she plays these these early scenes. She's calm, confident. She oozes power, but she's not become the sort of the. the I don't want to say pantomime, but she does become a little bit pantomimeish. But she's not even become the where she she no longer has to worry about what others think. Mm. You yeah, know, she she's... hasn't got that 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 confidence. She hasn't got yeah. that swagger yet. I guess exactly. She's, she's a professional person doing a job. Yeah. It, it, it again, really nice little characterization pieces. But I, yeah, I, I, I just think she's really good. She's mm. so good in this episode. I mean, she's good all the way through, but she's so good in this episode. And it, it's weird to think this is her first appearance. Yeah. Because she's. She's spot on with it straight away. There's no settling yeah, in. From the get go. No... Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't say, "Oh, it's early days." She hadn't quite got the character. Yeah. No, no, no. Which, she's which got we it have away. done with other characters, where you yes. you go, "Okay, I'll allow that because they're still feeling their way." No, it's like, bang! She's straight in. She knows who this character is. I mean, she was such a good actress. So mm. underrated. Here in this very first shot, when you first see her, she looks almost scared. Because yeah. it's like, you know, this is early days Blake 7 where the president is the be-all and end-all and she knows she's going to get a telling off from this lackey of the president who's in front of her. Yeah, because she, she sort of, she she makes a great play of calling him secretary, mm. doesn't it? Which is, you know, is almost trying to belittle him, belittle him with it. But that you're right, there's also, she knows that they could scupper all her plans and yeah. her career yeah, and and I like the fact that um, Rontaine, Peter Miles playing Rontaine superbly, and he knows this, mm. and he's he's being very polite and he's being very professional, but there's a rod of iron mm. through his performance, because um, we were we were sort of discussing the other day about the, like uh, how how does he fit in with Kevin Stoner's uh, character, yeah. and Kevin Stoner's character is very very similar sort of function they're playing. But is is much more smarmy and yes. oily and fake friendly and whereas yeah, Rontaine is sort of very professional. But there's a there's just menace. I mean, I don't I I don't I don't know whether Peter Miles could do anything that wasn't menacing anyway. <laughs> um, I think if he did Jack and Nori, that would, it would scare the kids, wouldn't it? But oh, definitely. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he is a pre-Joban Joban. And I think the difference between Rontaine and Joban is here, Rontaine has got the upper hand on Servalan. By the time we get to season two, Servalan is is more accustomed to, you know, her position in power. She has far more ambition than she has in season one. Joban knows that. And they're playing a game, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, very Um, much. Very much a game amongst equals. Yeah, because Ryan's he's counsellor, Joban. Yeah. You know, she she does... Yeah, I was reminded of Joban where, where, when she says, Secretary Rontaine, putting him in his place. That's exactly what she did, you know, 
in the next season, the next year, with Councillor Joban. But here, this is... I mean, we don't know how long Serverland's actually been in in office no, as, no, you know, no, Supreme yeah. Commander. Th- this might be very, very, very early, only maybe weeks into it, and therefore she would feel intimidated by a mere secretary. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if she... Did, what, did, did she use the Blake situation to gain this position or i there, there's a hint of that they never really say that that she's been brought in i mean i know travis is brought in to capture blake but they never really say whether she's been brought into this position to because of blake and the fact that mm. you know this stirring of rebellion etc but I, I i get a feeling that this is very early you know yeah. we're, we're talking months into the job for her that's that's you, the feeling I get anyway. You could say, I mean, I don't know if there's any like you know back history fan fiction on you know Serverland the early I'm years. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I mean, in the show we don't hear an awful lot. I mean, there's some with Kasabi, which we'll talk about yeah. on the Kasabi episode. But it could well be that Blake starts becoming a problem. There was a supreme commander who was got rid of, and this new up and coming female will take the role of Supreme Commander. And it could be that she was appointed to deal with the Blake problem. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the sort of... I know it, it's not ever said explicitly, but that's sort of always what I thought, that it's almost like Blake created Serverland and Serverland sort of created Blake. It, they're so tied yeah. together. That's, course, why, that's why it's such a shame when Blake leaves and they sort of... A try and then point her at Tra- Tarrant, which just yeah, doesn't work at all. It doesn't work. And then they point her at Avon as if this it's always been the Avon Serverland and, and and up till quite late in the show, Avon didn't even think about Serverland. No, no. And and that's why it always didn't really it wasn't believable. It yeah. didn't really sit well. And of course Blake Blake created Travis. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, and, and that's when they become the Holmes and Moriarty. And I'm yeah. I'm quite glad, you know, that Travis does leave um, at the uh, at, at Star One because I can't I can't really see Travis pursuing the Liberator with as much enthusiasm yeah. if Blake wasn't on it. There's there's a couple of ways they could have gone. I think I think Travis as he was was by Star One was played out the character um and the storyline they i think it would, it would have been quite interesting had they had him perhaps become the dr smith of the liberator have him on board but you know mm. so, i mean I, I think he'd gone a little bit too far by the time of that but they that could have been really interesting i think yeah. um but what where else could they go he he couldn't go back to the federation he couldn't they couldn't just carry on with him chasing no. blake no, when no, he's no. really he's not being paid for it um yeah, I think I I miss uh, Travis. I love Travis in both his guises, um, and I do miss him. But on the other hand, you're right. I think he'd, he'd played his part. Yeah, yeah. There was nowhere else to go. It would have just become, and again, more pantomime, wouldn't it, where... Yeah, you know. No, it, it was good that he went at the same time yeah. as Blake. I mean, it, it's the old Holmes, Holmes yeah. and Moriarty thing, isn't yeah. it? You know, and it's because it, cause in by at this point in the story, with this meeting, Tra- uh, Travis is his career's over, isn't it? He's mm. he's gone too far, even for the Federation, yeah. where he's become 
and and I love this that he's become politically embarrassing, and it's still a political world now. Whether it's there's elections or anything, but there's definitely vying power yes. bases, and and Travis is embarrassing. So he's 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 out of it. He's he's facing his trial, isn't yes. he? Now, and he will get executed. But the Blake situation brings him out, and like you say, creates him as the yeah. The the Travis that we uh, this is we fabulous know stuff. This is fabulous mm. stuff. I I am I I'm the same as you. I like the political side of it. I like this. Um, yeah, we're out in space now. You know, the very first episode w- was very Orwellian. It was very yes. 1984, yeah. and this is a believable uh, extrapolation out into the stars of that uh, repressive uh, system. Um, I, I can believe everything that's happening in, in this office is the same, you know, Federation that we saw in episode one. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't we haven't got to the that they're just the equivalent of the stormtroopers yeah. sort of thing yet. It's not yeah, yet. Not yet. Not I mean yet. that's to come. Yes. But I, I, I like it here. And yeah, we say uh, also we've got Senator Burkle who has yes. come along as well and, and they're sat there, yeah. They do kind of like resemble Lauren Hardy. Their outfits were very sparse, I thought, compared to Tharnia's and Travis's and Serverlands. They're almost in their um their um uh, what's the name of them? What we were calling them in well, the first season. The Tabard thought. Yeah, they're in they're in their tabards. Which mm. which again, early early Blake Seven was very utilitarian costuming. Even Serverlands dress in this pure white, quite form fitting, but it's still believable that someone in her position would possibly wear this to do the job. Yeah, we haven't got the dragonflies, the metal dragonflies it, on the front yeah. yet, have we? <laughs> yeah, we haven't, or, you know, the huge rimmed hats and things. Yes, yes. We, yeah, we haven't got that far. Um, not that I have anything against that, you know, that's always a highlight, is seeing what Silverland's going to wear in an episode. This but, is very true. But yeah, we're, this is still very, very believable you could almost pull this stuff out and put it on a in a 1970s political drama, the script, change yeah. a few things. We've said about this before, space. haven't yeah. we? Yeah. And yeah. it will fit. Yeah. It will yeah. fit. Well, Rontaine, is, he's passing on the president's concern over the yes. Blake matter and the raid on the base, which we've um, just seen, in that very clipped Dalek-like voice of his. I love his voice. Yeah, he's... Uh, he he's got a screen presence, hasn't he? Mm. He's so good. Yeah, and he says that the controllers of some of the outer planets yeah. have delicately balanced feelings towards the Federation, and some may withdraw. So in these early days, the Federation isn't like the Empire in Star Wars. It doesn't govern and control every habitable habit, habitable planet. There are other planets out there that maybe have some form of allegiance. But they're yeah. not under Federation control, and that's what the president is worried about, that they're going to back out of any sort of relationship. Yeah, well, this, this, is a, this is a Federation as, as in the, the classic meaning of the word, isn't it? This is a, this is a, a, a Federation of unaligned planets. They're not all under Federation control. They're not all under, you know, the boot of the, uh, uh, of the Starfleet. It's... Mm. Again, very, very political that these planets could, if they wanted, withdraw, mm. um, which is, is so much more believable than that everyone's just under the, you know, that everyone's working with a gun at their neck. This it's, is so different. I mean, yeah. 
yeah, as you were talking there about, you know, all these different planets and, you know, they might withdraw. And I'm thinking, yeah, different planets. They're not Earth planets. They're different planets. And then I had a flashback to the episode we did on Assassin, where you had those guys at the slave auction who are representatives of yeah. people on other planets. And it's like, they're two different shows, aren't they? They're just completely two different shows. Good Lord. It is, really. It's it's almost... You've got two halves, haven't you? You've got, you've got the Blake two seasons of Blake Seven is one show, and then you've got the other half of Blake Seven, which is almost a completely different show, and it's it takes a few episodes for it to, to sort of sink in, because you get like the Clegg episodes and that, and they're really good, so you're not thinking about it, but then after a few episodes of season three, you're, you, you do start to think oh, this, this is completely different, mm. and then by the time you get to season four, it's, it literally is a different show. I th- I think the first two seasons, you know, yeah, they are science fiction. Yeah. Season three is uh, science, uh, uh, space opera. Yeah. But fourth is like science fantasy. It's completely gone into fantasy, hasn't it? Yeah. See, seasons one and two is is like political science fiction. Mm. Season three, I always think is like it almost goes into high concept science fiction. So it's like they're thinking. Oh, what if there was a planet that was made up of a huge brain, mm. and then everything flows from that? There's no, they're not. It's it's not how will this fit into the the what we've already set up. It's very much almost Planet of the Week style mm. storytelling. And then season four is just we're 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 definitely into the the space opera fantasy flash Gordon mag- yeah type. magic <laughs> magic equipment that will do anything <laughs> blue milk crates yeah it, it none of it none of it is believable and it, it sounds weird to be talking about believability in a show like blake seven but no at no point do you believe that this is a functioning universe in season four mm. you can enjoy the adventures for what they are yeah. and you're 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 right there it's very much the equivalent of Flash Gordon serials in that you watch them, you enjoy them, the acting can be good, the acting can be bad, the stories can be good, the stories can be bad. But at no point are you are you trying to discuss, well, how does the political arm of this universe... Because there isn't one. It's, it's it, it would be like trying to work out what the wider world of Tom and Jerry is. It, yeah. You don't need it for what the programme is by that point. But these first two seasons, especially season one and... But season two does carry on with it, fleshes it out a bit. But mm. you, this is a functioning universe, isn't it? You can you can believe that this is happening. You can believe that these people live outside of the confines of the program. Well, we can relate to it all. Which I mean, everything you don't that yeah, this ha- you've yeah. said before, you know, you, you know that this could be a modern day thing. It could be just a, a, a regular drama, and we've got it here. I mean, Burkle, Senator Burkle, says his department is suppressing all reports on Blake and his activities. That can happen in the real world yeah. now. Well, if weirdly, you get a revolutionary. Yeah, this this will this will date the podcast. I don't know whether you're watching The Bodyguard at the moment. It's uh, no. the new picture. Um, we sort of been me and Anne binge watched it this week. It's actually really really good. But the central premise in it. You could pluck Servalan out and put her in as the lead female politician. Right. Travis as the but, and this, you know, this it almost the political side would be exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like that. I like the fact that it's grounded in a real world. You've not got an emperor or you know 
And I'm not belittling Star Wars there. Star Wars works in its on its own level. Star Wars yes. is space fantasy. And it's a completely different thing. And everyone lumps sci-fi all together. And you can't um, do that. Especially HMV now. I went in HMV yesterday and said, where's your sci-fi section? We went, They went, oh, we just mix it with the films now. Oh, really? Yeah. I was, I was I, in I ours I today. Out, no, thought, no, yeah. no, we've still got our superhero section and our uh, you, yeah. science fiction. Well, yeah. well the, the Chester one, don't bother. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, everyone lumps sci-fi together, don't it? That if it's set in space, it's sci-fi. But there's so many different no, no, levels That's doing them it. all a disservice. Yeah, definitely. They certainly definitely. are. Yeah, but yeah, this is, Burkle, this is more June than Star Wars. It is, it is, yeah. it, it, it's more that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as I say, it, it, it's a very familiar thing. You know, if you get a revolutionary, what do you do? You suppress it. You you, you yeah. try not to tell the population about his activities. But Burkle says word is getting out, and Blake is becoming a legend. Um, to which Serverland tries to yeah. placate them and saying he's just a man. Um, that is all. Yeah, and that's a lovely little speech from Servalan, isn't she it? She gives a great speech, but then Rontaine comes back <laughs> with that fake smile. Yeah. Um, it's the Joe Ban moment again, saying about, you know, with all due respect, this lucky man is still free. You know, heavy emphasis on this yeah. lucky man. That's not a good enough excuse, Servalan. What you're going to do about it is basically what he's saying. Um, and uh, she comes back with the Secretary Rontaine, you yeah. know, putting him in his place. That's it, because unlike, I mean, unlike say an American, the American political system where you've got secretaries of state and things like that, we we do have them. But in this case, this is like he's he's a civil servant, isn't he? Mm. That's that's the position of him. But he's brought along a senator as a sort of backup, even though the senator's not really weighing in as much. But he's no. obviously there as, yeah, I I I'm the direct envoy of the president. Even though I'm only a secretary, I've brought a senator along. It's 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 really yeah. nicely, nicely uh, written out stuff. Yeah, and I like the way the senator knows this. He is yeah. subservient to this secretary, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, because mm. it's it's a bit like. I mean, it re- reminded me very much of less swearing, but of like the the thick of it with Malcolm Tucker mm-hmm. and things like that, where this is a civil servant. He's not anyone that's elected. But he's got the ear of the person in charge, so therefore he, he has power. He's, yeah, he's he's de facto in charge, um, and he knows it. Everyone in this room knows it. It's it's that love. I love this sort of style of writing where everyone knows, and everyone's tap dancing round mm. this uber politeness. Yeah, which is so much more believable than if they just came in and shouted at each other. Yeah. You go down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, perhaps it's a British thing, but I like it when people are, are civil and <laughs> threatening. Yeah, no, you know, it, it, it's great stuff. Uh, they want to know what she's going to do about it, and yep. she says she's appointed a space commander. Good, good. <laughs> there you yes. go. Yeah. Could you tell us his name? And um, she says back, you know, Travis. And I love Burkle's sideways look at Rontaine you know, to see how Rontaine is actually going to react to this. And I'm guessing Servalan is, is watching to see what Rontaine will do about uh, about it. But he's got his poker face on. Yeah. He's not really giving much away, is he? He he sort of doesn't care what she's doing because she'll be the one to be blamed, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I think Burkhol is, is, is obviously with a uh, an eye to, oh dear, Travis is a bit of a... 
uh, uh, nutter. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he's definitely. It's like yeah, I almost as if I don't care who you appoint, just get the job done. Yeah. Now I did. It's interesting that um, I can remember uh, um, back in Horizon days, there was always a. Uh, an, a thing that used to pop up into the in the letters section quite regularly about so people there was sort of two camps and one was that that Burkhol, um and uh, uh, and Peter Miles were both when they heard Travis's name they were both scared and it's like I don't get that at all oh no I don't no, get I don't, that no. at all that they're scared that Travis is getting involved and it's like no I don't I don't no that's surprised yeah. Because, yeah, Rontaine says uh, Travis has been suspended yeah. over the massacre on Auros, plus uh, other incidents. A few others, yeah, a few other incidents. Yeah, and says that Travis is an embarrassment. Um, but Servalan counters and saying, oh, let's not mince words, ruthless. Yeah. Uh, with no time for the dirty grey areas of your politics. I mean, that's yeah, a shot is, across his bow is... there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's an insult hidden in in a a phrase isn't it it's yep. superb stuff again um and it, it so builds up travis as well doesn't it you're mm. he, even without knowing who travis is you're now oh i want to meet this guy i want to see who this guy is yeah 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 but yeah i mean if that was a shot across his bowels rontaine's not reacting <laughs> to it i mean he smiles through it because yeah. he's seen an opening because he says, well, it's your judgment and your yeah, responsibility. Exactly. And therefore, can he tell the president that the problem will be solved soon? And of course, she goes on record and says, yeah, yeah, it will be done very soon. You know, so he now thinks he's got her. And I'm sure he did think, oh, this isn't going to work. Travis is going to do another embarrassing thing and he'll go and Servalan will go. Yeah. Well, this is this is classical political or classic political thinking, isn't it? With a that this is a win-win for the president uh, and Rontaine in that if Travis succeeds, the Blake situation's gone. Mm -hmm. So that's a win. But if Travis fails spectacularly and ends up wiping out half the universe, which is obviously what they're, they're thinking will happen, then this is something to use to get rid of Servalan. So yeah. they win. Yeah. Which, yeah. There's, and I, again, this, this political stance of there's no, there's no, 100% winning and there's no 100% losing you right. just it's little it's almost chess pieces moving about I board, was just about it? to say yeah. it's like a chess game yeah. this whole thing is like a chess game and it's fantastic I love it it's riveting it's just it hasn't aged a job no no not at all but that's it that's his uh, scene over um, so we've got to now go forward. Almost a year, I didn't realise, yeah. but uh, Seek, Locate, Destroy was transmitted on the 6th of February, 1978. Trial was transmitted 13th of February, 1979. So pretty much exactly yeah. a year later. And it's sort of the their, their bookend in the beginning of Travis is Federation... Blake chasing career and the end of it, isn't it? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so when we next see Rontaine in trial, it's the same Space Command shot, although not so slow this time, That's but true, we have yeah. the established scene shot. And inside, we've got old Trooper Parr there. Here's our cross-pollinization. Uh, Trooper Parr and Trooper Lie. And that lovely natter yes. um, that we talked about before, an insight into the mind of a Federation trooper waste of time. 
Shut up, lie. Ceremonial duty. If you don't shut up, we won't be guarding a court martial. We'll be having one. I joined up to see some action. More for you. You've been on campaigns, Pa. I have. Done a lot of killing. Enough. More. It should embarrass her at the very least. I hope so, but uh, she doesn't embarrass easily, especially not in her own headquarters. Well, I meant politically, of course. Of course. Any attempt to embarrass her personally is an exercise in total futility. Oh, no, quiet. She has all the sensitive delicacy of a plasma bolt. <laughs> Well? Sir, security area, sir. Access is voice print link, sir. I am Secretary Rontaine, personal representative of the President. Burkle! Senator Burkle! Head of the Information Bureau! Ex officio member of the High Council! gonna run for it. But he didn't. You could have shot him. Top politico. Don't worry about them. Space Commander runs the Federation. Reckon so? No, so. And we look after ourselves. Tell that to the prisoner. Broke the rules, didn't he? Whose rules? Only ones that matter. Ours. And, and again, like we said there, that it's a tiny little scene, but it just adds an immense amount to the believability of all of this. I do and, like and with, it when you see yeah. the Federation troopers without their helmets on actually yeah. talking, and you've then got characters instead yeah. of just stuntmen or extras. Yeah, they're people. Each Federation guard is a person, and it the story of why why people choose to become the the strong arm of a fascist regime is fascinating, and and this this is so good. I mean, how, we're, we're talking about stuff that's so good and believable in an episode with a philosophical flea, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, we'll just ignore that half. Well, we will be doing a Zill episode. Oh, Sorry about this, God. Ian, but we will be doing a Zill episode. I, 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 I was thinking, no, we can't really do an episode on Zill, but, you know, watching Trial for the Rontaine segments, you know, there, there, there is some cracking stuff up on the Liberator. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah, we are going to do a Zill uh, later on. Okay. Yeah. I think Zill Zill could have worked, but the only thing that let it down was the the look, the performance, and the script. Other than that, I think the character was fine. <laughs> and also, I the, the whole Zill segment of trial, you know, pales because you've got the other half of the uh, story, yeah. which is the whole trial of Travis. It'll be weird, actually, because although Trial is also one of my favourite episodes, certainly my favourite season two Travis episode, um, I've, I'm, not, I'm probably not that familiar with the Zill bits because I always fast-forward through them. Mm. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> can we Can't point... we do the show on fast-forward? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah. The two troopers there, they're on guard, and yep. a long stroll, Laurel and Hardy, yes. um, talking about Serverland, and Burkhole says yeah. that the Travis again, trial... Again, though, you you just remind me, though, from when you said, we're they walk around the corner midway through a sentence. Yes, yeah. yeah it's great, isn't it? It's brilliant. It is, it is great. I, and... love, I love this, that we're, for a programme that we do both love, 
but we're learning so much and appreciating it so much more yeah. by doing these podcasts. I mean, I, I used to listen to this yeah. uh, episode an awful lot, but watching it for a podcast, you start noticing things that you've never noticed before. And yeah, starting halfway through a sentence yeah. it, it is a fabulous way to introduce someone. Um, and it's great stuff. Al Burkle's going on about, you know, the Travis trial is politically embarrassing for Serlan. So we're a year later and, and she's still being embarrassed by Travis. Yeah. The, and... the, again, it's a very um, a very rare instance of of almost a plot arc, isn't it? Mm. That, mm. that we, we're, we're now at the... We were just saying that um, if if Travis doesn't work out, it's a it's going to be an embarrassment, a, a lever to get Serverland out of power, and this is the, yeah. the 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 end point of that play, isn't it? And I like the way they brought the two characters back to yeah. continue it, because really their function here, they're not part of the trial. They're yeah. here for exposition, aren't yeah. they? They're yeah. here to tell the audience just what's going on. But the fact that they they you know rehired the two actors and kept the characters and brought them back i th- i think it's really good because they didn't have to be these two they they, they could have yeah. been any two federation officials talking couldn't they yeah there was there was never yeah they didn't need to do this and it's so unusual that they did but i'm so thankful they did mm. it mm. i mean whoever's decision it was well done to you yeah you, you, it, it was worth the effort yeah of doing this and i wish on... they'd have done this a bit more often yeah yeah, they're on form as well. I, lo- I like old Burkle's saying about Serverland. She has all the sensitive delicacy of a plasma bolt. Yeah. This yeah. is how I like my science fiction jargon. Something like that, without sticking a space yeah. in or something like that. Yeah, they could have easily said she's got all the, the you know, all the subtlety and sophistication of a space howitzer. Yeah. You know, or something. Yeah, it just, you don't, you don't have to explain anything if you're doing that. But yeah, this is the, this is a perfect use of of, of jargon. Yeah, no, no, it's a nice one, yeah. They have to go through that voice print thingy that's between yeah. the two guards on the door, and Ron Tain does, uh, giving his position as personal representative for the president. So I'm guessing he's had a promotion, he's higher now, I'm guessing, yeah. or is that just a fancy name for secretary? Well, I suppose it's just, uh, he's probably gone from a, a pool of, of advisory secretaries to the head. He's become Sir Humphrey Appleby, hasn't he? Really? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Burkle tries to stroll through and is held at gunpoint. That's a very Oliver Hardy moment, uh, yes, his reaction bluster. to that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, when he's stopped. And, uh, you know, they allow him through. And, and more great dialogue here about, you know, how Lyle thought um, he was going to run for it and pass his uh, it's a pity he didn't. You could have shot him. And then we have this totally unnecessary but great, you know, dialogue about, um, you know, uh, how you know, the uh, the military run the Federation from yeah. par. Exactly, yeah. The, the by this point now the military have they've they've tipped the balance in their favour, haven't they? Mm. Mm. Um which is, is really interesting. And they, also I do like the fact that the he says oh he, when he says, Oh, if he'd have run you could have shot him and that's a nice little reminder that they're above the law. Mm. You know, they're they're they have tipped over into where you you don't even get a trial now. They'll just shoot you. Yeah, yeah, and it is. It is. It's the start of the slide down yeah. to it becoming a military organization. Whatever coup that we you know we never see, but we find out yeah. happens. You know, this is a nice little you know little 
Easter eggs in there to just prep you for it, isn't it? Yeah, it's subtle and it's well done uh, and it's just superb. Yep, yep. Well, we're going to fast forward to Travis's entry into the courtroom, um, but we're going to skip most of it because we're going to have an episode on Travis Mark II and we're also going to have an episode on Tharnia. So we're going to skip um, uh, most of this, but Tharnia wants the names of all those killed read out, doesn't she? Yes. Playing for time. And playing for Servalan. The computer will find Travis guilty. There's no doubt of that. But those three are responsible for the sentence. So? So, uh, after hearing all the blood-spattered details... They'll vote for the maximum penalty. Motion sustained. Victims' names and causes of death will be specified. Do you think that Travis knows what she's doing to him? A psychotic like Travis. Who can tell what he's thinking? Burkle thinks she's playing for time and Rontaine says, no, this is actually really clever. Yeah, they're playing for Servalan, yeah, aren't they? Exactly, um, yeah. That the computer will find Travis guilty. And uh, but the three judges, once they've heard all the gory details about the massacre, will go for the maximum penalty. And um, to which Burkle says, uh, "Do you think Travis knows?" And uh, Rontaine says, "A psychotic like Travis, who knows?" And we got that lovely shot of Brian Croucher just sat there staring, isn't it? Yeah, superb. <laughs> I I love Brian uh, Brian Croucher as Travis. I I I find him mesmerising. I find him. You know, like a, a snake that you're watching. You're watching the eyes of the snake, and he's, he's so good. He's, yeah. I think, Mark II, Travis. He everybody's uncertain of him because they don't know how he's going to react, and that happens in this episode. You don't know when yeah. he's going to explode, and the rage comes out. Um, I mean, we'll talk about this on the Travis Mark II episode, but but his scenes in the courtroom when he starts shouting, "I can't see Travis Mark One." doing that no mark well mark one is is bound by military uh etiquette Code. and protocol yeah. yeah codes so with mark one no matter what i mean he's stephen greek superb again i mean don't get me wrong they're, they're both brilliant but travis mark one is very much more you know that no matter what happens he will respect serverland's position mm. so he won't he would never grab Servalan by the neck. He would never speak He would down never to... hesitate. Exactly, yeah. Uh, whereas as soon as that military... Sorry, I just dropped a pen. As soon as that military link has gone, um, yeah, the the military, the part... It's almost like Travis's uh, psychotic nature was being held in check and channeled mm. by the military part. As soon as that's gone, yeah, you're right. You don't know what he'll do. No. And they know they don't know yeah. what he'll do. Yeah. But later on, the court has reconvened, and Rontaine says how, actually, he quite admires Servalan. One almost has to admire that woman. What's on here? Servalan. Yeah. We know she's sending Travis to his death in order to keep his mouth shut, but doing it with such an impeccably honest and a painstaking tribunal that her real motives can't even be hinted at. Has um, a date been set for the Blake inquiry? Does it matter? 
Without Travis's evidence, the mishandling of the Blake affair becomes a matter of conjecture. The inquiry becomes a formality. The presidential stay of execution so that Travers can give evidence. After this, he should be more than willing. After this, he'll be a convicted mass murderer. He could still damage Serverland. Slime sticks, as the old saying has it. Yes, but the president can't be seen to throw it. Serverland picked Travers. The president picked Serverland. So she's outmaneuvered us once again. Let's say she's outmaneuvering us, but it's not over yet. She could still make a mistake. Which is presumably why we came. I was beginning to wonder. We came, Burkhal, because Serverland's ambitions threaten us all. And the president particularly dislikes being threatened. Shall we dine? I wish I'd known that this was going to drag on so long. I'd brought my own chef. As I recall, Space Command's cuisine is appalling. Pathetic. Um, she's doing things so blatantly that her real motives can't be fathomed. Yeah, and... he, he's, he's, he's enjoying that she's... It's almost like he, he's enjoying the political show isn't it mm. he doesn't it doesn't matter that it could be his end and his undoing mm. he can admire the 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 chess game yeah at this point he thinks he's safe because yeah. at this point um you know the position of president is uh untouchable and all the while he's close to the president he's immune he's not to know that eventually she's going to become president but anyway well, he's this, not going to be around yeah, to see that this happens in real life doesn't it where you'll get you'll get politicians that have uh, in a in a, a non-military sort of dictatorship or a non-military so you get politicians and they're very much they will they will do horrible things to each other but it's a game mm. and you often hear politicians saying it's all part of the game you know we're not really enemies but it's but then you get that military bit that steps in and it's no longer a game and politicians will suddenly then be shocked that that when they go against someone, instead of just moving the pieces around it, they get machine gunned to death. Yeah. And and this is very much that. Yeah. It, Rontaine is very much, no matter what happens, the game carries on. Yeah. But Serverland's going to burn that board, isn't she? She's yeah. going to kick the table over and massacre <laughs> a lot of them. And they don't see that yet. And it's, they don't. it's, it's brilliant. They are getting clues to, you know, just yep. how tricky and devious she is because Burkle says that Travis's handling of the Blake affair could damage her, but Rontaine disagrees because, you know, she appointed Travis, but the president, uh, president yep. appointed her. So, you know, Burkle's saying, oh, so she's outmaneuvering us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the blame always goes upwards, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's great acting all the way through this. I, I love the acting between these two. Um, they are brilliant. And, yeah, they well, they're sort of the Greek chorus, aren't they? They're they're explaining all of this to the audience, mm. but not in a way that you're you're aware of it while you're watching. You're it. not aware aware it's exposition, no. are you? And no, normally I'm not a great fan of, and of exposition. And you, whenever exposition is poorly done, you can see it a mile off where someone will come in and say, you know, something like, uh, "Well, my older brother, how are you?" It's awful. But this is. Yeah. Uh, if this is if this is the level of exposition, I'll have more of it, please. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant and it's lovely. And yeah, yeah it right there with this little bit of dialogue, you know, the reason why, you know, Rontaine and Burke were there, you know, they're waiting for Serverland to make that mistake, aren't they? You know, much like they did yeah. a year before, Rontaine was yeah, like, they're, you they're know, waiting for that, that opening, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, 
they're rather worried that her ambitions threaten them all, you know, yeah. um, because somebody who is this devious, well, what's she going to do next? Yeah. Uh, Some, not... Someone like Servalan will, like, as I've said, will upset the game. They will end the game. Whereas in a, in the political game, if they lose for a bit, doesn't matter mm. because then it will swing back around and that, but Servalan is a dangerous person because she's not going to play the game. So if well, she, she wins, they all yeah. lose. She's not playing the game now because they don't realise that they're actually under surveillance. Yeah. Because Servalan is actually watching when Rontaine says, oh, this is going on too long. Shall we dine? You know, because he's just bored with it. And Burkle, we get that lovely line from Burkle saying, well, if we had known this is going to go on so long, I would have brought my own chef. Yeah. You know, because the food here is rather, you know, dire. And, you know, Servalan's watching and, you know, she just goes out pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Again, they've totally... They've totally underestimated the opposition, haven't they? They're again, they're playing the game. Servalan isn't playing the game. Servalan's playing this for keeps, and mm. yeah, it's just it's it's lovely stuff. It is. Unfortunately, you know, all the bit coming up now um, with Travis, um, you know, the shouty Travis mode. Um, we've got to fast forward through that. Yeah. Sorry about that, Ian. We will talk about it when the time comes. But yeah, he does go into shouty Travis mode and um, signs of life goes Burkle, and to which um, Rontaine says, death throws, yeah. nothing more. You know, that's certain of the outcome of this, aren't they? Yeah, ev everyone knows he'll be found guilty. It's not a fair trial. Everyone knows he's been found, he'll be found guilty no matter what. I mean, he was guilty anyway, but... And everyone knows that. So they're, they're just waiting for how much fallout or whether he could drag someone else down. Yeah. I mean, because their hope is that he will drag Servland Serverland down in a down. way that yeah. won't dash, sort of splash over and tarnish the president. Hmm. So, but it doesn't really happen because at that point, you know, when um, he's told he's going to be stripped of his rank and uh, executed for the common criminal that he is, um, there's a pea bulb just outside the window, yeah, isn't there? And that's him. the Liberator coming in on its uh, attack run, yeah. which can't work because, as you said in Star yeah. Drive, if, that, if they're travelling that fast to the space station and fire their uh, neutron blasters, yeah. they're going to blow themselves up, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. It's, uh, you, just, you can't think about that, though, can you? No, no. Yeah, just, but they do. Yeah, they carry just, out just the attack. Just accept it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the station is hit in a very yeah. nice Derek Meddings explosion. Except the sparks go up this yeah. week in a very strategic way as well, wasn't it? Yes. Lucky it didn't just all explode. <laughs> Travis escapes death by um, leaping through the door. That's yeah. a very energetic leap that he does. I don't know if he's that is brilliant. actually yeah. Brian Croucher and he's on a trampoline and he's like bouncing through well, it. it. But could, it, it's I mean, quite it's... an energetic uh, leap. That yeah, he was in his prime, wasn't he? Yeah, and he tells Par that the outer wall has yeah. cracked. So everybody inside is dead. Our yeah. character, Rontaine and Burkle, uh, they are dead, aren't they? Yeah. Pol politics may be cold, but space is colder, isn't it? Oh, nice line. Nice line. So that's that's the end of Rontaine. Um, there's more to this story, but of course that's, uh, that's still to come on the Travis Mark II episode and the Tharnia episode, alright? So we'll be returning for those, alright? So, uh, behind the scenes. Are you ready for behind the scenes? I'm, I'm ready. I'm right. on the edge of my seat. This story is the story with the longest wait before the appearance of the Liberator and the crew. Okay? Really? It's 6 minutes 17 seconds before we see the ship. Right? 
which which on TV today you're quite used to things like that, aren't you? But back then, uh, back then, yeah, yeah, when it's called Blake Seven, yeah, yeah. If you didn't know anything about Blake Seven and you switched this on, you would wonder what what is going on? Where's Who Blake? are all these people? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is the last ever story in which Gan is mentioned. So, really? Bye bye, Gan. From this oh, point, is he never mentioned again? No. Never again. Oh, Gan, you lovable lunk. <laughs> or psych- psychopathic yeah, psychopathic rapist. Yeah. <laughs> now, Peter Miles. We know Peter Miles, don't we? Oh, um, he, he, he's ingrained. He's totally ingrained through Doctor Who and Blake 7 for me. Um, but looking into his uh, backstory, not an awful lot, apart from the interesting uh, bit of information that he was quite a musician. Okay, right. he was quite an accomplished jazz and soul singer, and he was a childhood friend of Dusty Springfield, right? I, I never knew that. Well, then you don't know that the very first recording Dusty ever made was with Peter Miles on guitar. No. Yeah. Now no. I don't know if that was, uh, no. you, you know, a uh, a a chart topper as they say. Um, but yeah, the first recording she ever did, Peter Miles, her friend Peter Miles, was there <laughs> playing guitar. Um, I'm glad he didn't sing with her uh, because Dusty brilliant. Springfield singing with a Dalek, um, that, that that would be something, wouldn't it? I Yeah, I I mean, it would be set another record I'd have to collect. Yeah. But yeah, I actually wish he had a song. That would be brilliant. <laughs> Peter Miles does yeah. dot, dot, dot. <laughs> does all these cover versions in his NIDA voice and his Rontaine voice. Oh, that would be, be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Right, well, Peter Miles, his genre tally, okay? Uh, he is such a BBC man, all right? He's got a genre tally of eight, and they're all with the BBC. He probably, they kept him in a cupboard, perhaps. They kept him in a cupboard, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they they just wheeled him out. He never made a film. Everything he did was for the BBC, all right? So, this is his genre tally of eight. Uh, first thing he ever did was Doomwatch. Yeah. Okay. Then his first Doctor Who appearance, uh, Doctor Who and the Silurians. Yeah, so, I mean, he's really, really good now. If you ever want to see a study of someone slowly losing their mind, mm. it it's amazing. It's yeah. a really good performance. Yeah, yeah he, It's up yeah. there with Nida. Yes, yeah. Uh, next thing he did was uh, Moonbase 3. Yep. All right. Then back to Doctor Who for Invasion of the Di- Dinosaurs, where he played Professor Whitaker. Yeah. Um, then the one for me, uh, Genesis of the Daleks, where he's Nida. Yeah, um, Nida. It's w- once, once sin, never forgotten. The thing about Nida is, you know, I mean, it, it, it was blatantly what, what it was blatant what Terry Nation was doing. Yes, yeah. how can anyone say these aren't space Nazis? Especially Nida. I mean, that that's manifest in Nida with his, uh, you know, heel clicking. You know, he, yeah. he stops short of doing everything, but the Hitler the salute. I mean, he is an out and out Nazi in yeah. there. Well, they do actually do the the half Hitler. Oh yes, salute, they do, don't, don't they? they? Yeah. yeah. And they, and also <laughs> Nida, of course, is wearing an iron cross. <laughs> which they removed after episode uh, two, was it? Because they they thought, oh, we've gone too far. Yeah, oh, um, it's yeah not subtle, was it? Yeah, it wasn't subtle at all. No, but it works. Um, That's what's really weird. It works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next thing after, oh, go away! I, I keep being messaged. I have not opened Facebook, but I keep being messaged. I hope this isn't stopping the recordings. I couldn't hear it. So. You couldn't hear that. No. 
Oh, I could. All right. Ah, okay. All right. <laughs> so, well, may, may, maybe the audience will hear that, but you didn't. Yeah. If all not, right. put a ping on it. A ping. Yeah. All right. Put an ORAC thing. I'll Arr. put an ORAC in so everyone yeah. knows where that was. Oh, no, that's more work. Yeah. I might have to get audio drift out of this. Uh, actually, that would be a good time to do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, after that, it's Survivors. Uh, yet another, um, you know, uh, character in Survivors. And then these two, the two Blake Sevens, Seek, Locate, Destroy, and Trial. And that was the last thing he did in the way of science fiction. Okay. He, um, he chose well, I think. He, d- well. He, d- he did some crackers, didn't he? Yeah. I don't think he did it. I, I mean, I haven't seen him in Doomwatch. I haven't seen him in Moonbase 3. But uh, no, 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 no. He's quality. He's quality. Yeah, he, he really is. Oh, yeah. All right, so that's that over. Uh, it, obviously, that gives him a who tally of three, which is quite high. Which is a, that's uh, a good who tally. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Most mo- most people's who tallies are ones. Occasionally, a two. I think yeah. it's Michael Shared. I think that's the highest on, with six. Yeah, I, think, I don't think anyone's going to. No, no one's going to get that. Uh, well, oh, Col- no, I can Colin think Baker. of one. No, I can think yeah. of somebody who's going to beat it. Oh, who? Yeah, because we're going to do it a, a, a special episode uh, at I some point about mean, Stuart yeah, Fell. Stuart Fell, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He might topple a lot of people when we finally get to him. That that would be actually a very a very interesting one if for you to track down how many times he appears in Doctor Who. Yeah, I, I, a lot. Will be yeah. The answer. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's it. That's Rontaine over. Um, so we look forward to the next episode, which is season three, of course, and it's solely in season three. And uh, Ian and I, we're going to be donning our shades and shoulder pads because we're going to go under the sea to talk about how Melanby. Under the sea. Yeah, we are. We're gonna we're gonna go to the disco dance floor with the disco professor. It. I'm I'm looking forward to this yeah. because I think I think aftermath, you know, uh, represents exactly you know, where the show was going in season three. And that's personified in How Melanby. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good Lord. I, I haven't watched it for a while, but I am so looking forward to watching this and talking about it next week. I really am. I've just got this mental yeah, image. I... When I think How Melanby, yeah. right, yeah. right now, I haven't watched it for ages, but... Um, it's when he comes in and he's got like like, like this jive walk and he goes, "You must be Avon like that," yeah. and, he, and, and he's and he's swaggering his shoulder pads as he does yeah, so. He's, he's fantastic. He's the shaft of the uh, he is. Seven world, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, next week we're going to get shafted. Yes. Hey. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Ian. No problem. Enjoyed it. A short but sweet one, I think. This short time, but sweet. Yes. Yes. But. Uh, as we've been having technical difficulties, that might actually work in my favour. Um, hopefully, yes, you might this... have a few less grey hairs than otherwise. Yeah, if if this is glitch free, then next yeah. week we are. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 talk quite a bit about oh how. All right. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Ian. No and problem. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. Bye bye. Thanks, Ian. Bye.